This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello, all of you. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Mindful Medicine. What a topic I have today. I know I always say that, but I have to tell you, I think there's so much going on in the world that uh, it's like hashtag what SMH, like shaking my head all the time. I mean, especially with large mass shootings and some of the violence and how is it that we talk to our kids and how do we help our kids get through it? Well, I have a lovely guest who's going to break down the top 10 tips to help kids cope with grief. Um, Her name is Edie Nathan. She is the author of the critically acclaimed book, It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. And she's also a nationally recognized keynote speaker, a licensed therapist, a certified sex therapist, a hypnotherapist, and a certified EMDR practitioner. We're going to talk about that because I love EMDR. She's got more than 20 years experience, many different degrees. Um, and for two seasons in 2010, she was the psychotherapist on the A&E series, Psychic Kids, Children of the Paranormal. Edie, welcome to the show. Oh, Dr. Holly, it's so good to be here. Yeah, call me Holly, if you will. Um, oh, so sure. Listen, oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I only have four-legged children, uh, just to be clear. Um, and they're furry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if I had two-legged, you know, only slightly furry uh, children, I think I would be at a loss in our modern day. Um, because I feel like sometimes with everything that's going on, Uh, just in general, let alone significant instances that are overwhelming in people's lives, I I wouldn't know how to talk to my kids. It's really difficult to find the language to talk with your kids because every child's language is a little bit different and every child experiences what's going on around them differently. One of the things I often talk about is how grief is like your fingerprint. Well, it's really true. No Mm. one experiences exactly the same way and it's the same thing for children, you know. So one of the things that I really like to say for children is give them permission to grieve. And that's now, really hard. Is there hard. a process? Do you think that there's a process where, um, boy, because I have a lot of adults that I think, um, and, and, and quite honestly, patients that I have been able to probably effectively, or maybe I should say accurately diagnosed with dysfunctional grieving. Is there a part of that process that we actually have to teach children what grief is? That's such a great question because so often I think that grief is misdiagnosed as anxiety or depression when really it's a yearning or it's a fear, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Kids are seeing that there are school shootings, as an example. Uh, They're seeing that there's a lot of violence on TV or, you know, even in, in, in the applications that they might see on screens. And as a result, they they don't really necessarily know how to handle what's going on. I don't know if you've talked about this on your show, but kids are, are learning in the schools how to hide and defend themselves, where to hide in the classroom, how to deal with shutdowns. Mm. And this is really all part of this grief conversation, this being afraid, this even a lost sense of, of you know, an innocence and and that lost sense of innocence of yeah I have to learn I we had a rehearsal today on how to keep ourselves oh. safe in case there's a gunman that enters into our classrooms 
Mm. So this is a big conversation, Holly. Mm. So, okay, you mentioned it, I believe. So children, do they, do they, they grieve differently than adults? And, and if so, how is that? They do grieve differently. They tend to grieve more symbolically. Often, if we look at their behaviors, if a child has, let's say a two, three-year-old child has stopped, you know, like wetting their bed or they've, you know, they've come to a point where, you know, they're getting up and they're dressing themselves, a lot of times their reactions to a loss or to grief or to this sense of a loss of innocence is regression. So they will start wetting their beds or they'll want you to dress them or they'll want to come into bed with you. And that is a sign of grief, not just anxiety, but a sense of loss, a sense that something is going on. And what I suggest to parents is you need to be awake and aware to the to the communication that these kids are giving you. Like if they're regressing, something else is going on. Be curious. You know, and give your kids permission. Don't yell at them or scream at them because something's going on. Just say, hey, you know, I, I see that, that you might you might have something going on for you. Let's draw a picture if you can't verbalize mm. or watch how they play. Sometimes kids will become a little aggressive when they're working out their their grief and they do it through play or they stop playing with friends or they don't want to hang out or they start hanging out more in their rooms. So you you want to be aware of behavioral changes. It's really, really important. And be curious. Always be curious. And you may be going through something yourself, but just because you're going through something doesn't mean that you can't bring your child into a little bit of what's going on for you, and it may help them actually find voice to what's going on with them. Yeah, because I can assume in a lot of situations where grief is involved with the children, you know, it's obviously probably the situation. It's also involved with the adult. And I think that grief is hard enough across the board, no matter what. And then you have this extra responsibility of parenting and 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 taking care of a child. Um, and when I say taking care of a child, I mean in a 360 manner, right? So not just totally. as high of needs, it's, it's, hey, let's get curious about what you're going through. And I mean, I love it because this show is called Mindful Medicine. And I think that it is definitely something that requires you to just be of present mind and open your mind to know that, yes, you are going through a hard time probably yourself, but to invite the child in and also to have that curiosity about what they're going through um, is going to be probably pretty helpful. That's exactly on point. Being able to be curious then leads to questions and also gives you a chance to have honest answers. Uh, I really don't like euphemisms that we use. Well, you know, daddy or mommy or grandpa or your dog, they're asleep. Because what that does is that actually causes more anxiety about sleep and around sleep. And what the child needs, of course, is sleep. So you need to be honest. You know, mom died, dad died. And what I often say is when you lose one parent to a death, when a child loses a parent to a death, they also lose the other parent often because that parent is grieving. So having a support system, getting friends and family around, allowing the child to go and play and not think that their desire to play is disrespect, a disrespecting move on their part. It's how they're probably working something out. And when the child asks, you know, why do people die or where do they go when they die? Will I die too? 
this is an opportunity for you to have some frank discussion based on the age of the child. You want to be age appropriate for sure. But again, it is that mindfulness. It is being able to caretake that child and give them a language and say, yes, you know, people die, but we're alive right now. And that's a reframe. So how are we going to make the best life we can? And let's let's create new rituals and let's hold on to the old ones. And that's another piece is the ritual, the ritual, what happens with the funeral, what happens after the death. Sometimes it's really good not to empty out that house immediately because there's already been so many changes in terms of clothing or in terms of articles or in terms of photos. You take your time, take your time, mm-hmm. and that your children will also see that you're being mindful of keeping their environment safe and sound until such time as the movement can start to happen. Yeah, I love it. I, there's a couple things that, you know, I, you mentioned, you know, not perhaps lying to them and saying, you know, they've just gone away and they're in a better place or what have you. Um, I have a question and then I also have a comment. Um, my question is, is honesty always the best policy when it comes to children in grief? My comment, which I'll just tack on here. Uh, so we share a friend in common, Dean Trasnan. And when my mom died, um, it was about four years ago. And of course, different religions celebrate uh, life in a different way. But, you know, he mentioned uh, being Jewish that, you know, they hold, they, you know, there, there's a, a period of a year an entire year that really is recognized. Now, I am not of the Jewish faith, but when I experienced that, and I, I figured out that this is definitely a club. I mean, I have, I have uh, had friends and 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 you know other people lose their parents, and you know you do what you can, and you say I'm sorry for your loss. But boy, oh boy, I don't think that you really get it <laughs> until you actually lose a parent. Um, That's uh, true. It's one of those things, and I think when my mom died so much, I just, things came in waves and it took time and some days were fine and other days were pretty devastating. And to, to, to have not only you understand that you're grieving in that year period, of course, you're going to grieve for the rest of your life, but also the culture, the people around you, uh, the empathy. Um, I see so many people in situations that are horrible and like three days later, it's like business as usual. And I just don't get it. So you've really, you've, you've covered so many different um, ideas and thought processes around death and dying and grief uh, in, your, in your comment. And then the question, you know, is it always good to be honest? So I'd like to answer the question, and then I'd love to comment on your comment. Uh, yeah. Is it always good to be honest? I think there are degrees of honesty. Uh, euphemisms like daddy is in heaven... Uh, if heaven gets defined, great, uh, because you don't know what the child thinks heaven is. So let's, let's imagine what heaven is. Let's draw pictures. Let's, you know, understand that daddy didn't just take a trip. And it's that kind of dishonesty that gets us into trouble because anytime you, mm. as mother or father, take a trip, Guess what's going to happen to that child? They're oh going to be gosh! Really and good point. And then, yep. 
And and so we want to find a, a healthy vernacular, and it's going to be based on the child, of course. But it, 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 for sure, you you want to find some level of honesty. You don't just want to say they went on a trip, or they're sleeping, or they're in. You know, they're 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 being uh, held until we meet them. Because that also can really play with the mind of a child. Oh, if I'm not here, I can see my dad again. Well, then maybe I need to plan on not being here. And it sets up that cycle, mm. and that's not good. That's not. That's yeah. not good. So, so it's it's honest. And I actually have a, you know, I I, I talk about this is for them. T H E M. So T stands for truth, which is be honest. H is to honor. Honor the time they need to heal. E is for emotion. Allow your child for the full range of their emotions. And M is for memory. Keep the memories alive. It's for them. Yeah, wow. And, yeah. And so it doesn't matter what age you are when you lose a parent. You become the child of that parent when you lose them. And the things that you didn't work out can come up. And the things that you saw that you never saw before, oh, they, they they can be glorious. I know that when I lost my mom the last five months of her life, I saw a woman I'd never met before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this was fantastic. Thank you for showing this to me because I have that now. And I can carry that with me wherever I go. And that was a delicious gift. And within every loss, within the grief that we experience, there are gifts. And and those gifts help us to be maybe the best we can be, or maybe we find uh, how we can take what we've learned from our grief experience and teach it to someone else. If we can embody a change within ourselves because of a loss, because of a death, because of something we have yearned for and it has not been met, that and, and then share that with someone else, we are passing it forward and paying it forward. Yeah. Wow. Very, very profound. And this is such an important conversation. So you talk a lot about um, the gift of grief. And I know that there are tender times when, if you even mentioned the gift of grief, when somebody's in the thick of it, they'd probably look at you <laughs> like you had six heads. You had ten heads. And what's wrong with you? And I'm never speaking yeah, like, to you again. <laughs> I don't know. Gift of this horrible feeling. But what is the gift of grief? So... I, I think of the gift as, as, as those moments, those tiny moments when we begin to shift and, and perhaps have a different perspective because of that loss. So, for example, if we think about uh, the organization MADD, M-A-D-D, that organization mm-hmm. began because a mother lost her daughter yeah. and she was killed by a drunk driver, this daughter. As a result of, of, of having lost her daughter, she started to shift her grief, her ongoing loss, and moved it into creating an organization for men, for fathers, for mothers, for siblings, for aunts and uncles who had lost a dear one to a, a, a drunk driver. It's for mothers, but it, it's such a huge organization. That's one example. Uh, and it's a big example of the gift of grief. I wouldn't be doing this work had I not lost my first love. Had I not had a series of losses from having been sexually abused to having been severely bullied 
and then losing my loved one. And each of those losses, each of those little griefs or big griefs framed my work, what I do, who I am, and and every movement I make around this topic, I am paying what I learned forward. I'm paying the love that I had for this man who I lost, and I'm and I'm manifesting that love in the conversation around grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating doing this, you know, I wouldn't say job in a sense, just because it's a little bit more of a passion. It's not really a job, mostly because I get no money whatsoever. <laughs> but I think that some of my own interests uh, are interesting uh, guests. Well, I know it. Uh, they're life has informed their work so much. It's, yeah, we all can go and get, you know, the certifications. I have many, you have many. We all can go and get the degrees um, or we, you know, have. But it's that, you know, it's like if it's in your bones, (laughs) it's like, you know, it's and it's interesting off topic, but I had a patient the other day who, um, she called herself something, a job description that I'd never heard. Uh, and it, she, you know, it, 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 it was a, I would say a pivot off of a, of a life coach, but it was something a little bit more, um, I think fascinating, uh, but I, I know her clients and she sent me a few and sh- the work that she does in this world is the work that she kind of created based on her life experience. And I think that that gift, as you say, even in grief, can shoot. It can be so much. It can make a career for somebody. It can, well, the career though also reaches out and helps other people. Uh, and so I, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing all that you do. What about, you know, when it comes to groups, uh, obviously there are a lot of, um, groups available to adults. Um, certainly when you lose a loved one, when you lose a spouse, um, in grieving, but what about kids? I think groups are fantastic for kids because they get to see other children who have experienced the death of a loved one, and they get to work it through, through games, through conversation, through drawings, and a group is one of the best ways Hmm. for them to work it out. And it doesn't mean working it out, it means it's over. It just means they're learning how to walk through it and... I never really talk about the idea of, okay, so you've gone through, you know, you're now a year down the road or two years and now your grief is over. It's not about that. How are you going to learn to dance with it? How are you going to learn to live with it? How are you going to learn to not be afraid of it, but know that it's there and it it, it, it has an effect on you and who you are? And for children, when they can learn, okay, it's okay for me to cry. It's okay I'm not alone. I feel like I'm alone sometimes, but I can remember Tommy or Joey or Kim or or, or Janine in my in my group, and they all lost someone they loved, someone they loved died, and I can remember them as I as I grow up or I grow out of that group. You will they will have that group and they will carry that group with them. Uh, and the exercises that they did and the, I used to, hmm. I used to do groups, uh, for kids and, and, uh, at, at actually local Y churches, synagogues. 
So if you if you do have a child and you want to put them in a group, those are great places to to access information and some help. And we used to create a grief machine, and and literally every every time we met, each person would be some part of that machine, and the machine would have words, and the machine would have grunts, and they would they they made up this whole machine, and it became the machine. The, the mechanism of actually taking what's inside and moving it out. And so they are growing from the inside out and learning about their grief. Hmm. And that sharing and the listening, and I think even at that special, tender, young age where you maybe hear somebody else say something that you might not be able to formulate and say, but that you feel and that resonation of that group sharing, I think could be so important. Totally. It creates such metamorphosis. And that's what we're looking for is for the child to have some internal sense of shifting within them that, that, that says their grief is okay and it's okay to mourn and it's okay to be sad and cranky and, it helps them to have a language around it because, you know what, even as adults, we we don't have a language around it. So how can we expect our children to? Yeah. Edie, thank you so much. I want to um, let the listeners know how they can uh, understand more about you and get more information. Once again, the book, it's called It's Grief, um, The Dance of Self-Recovery Through Trauma and Loss. And I'm assuming that's available pretty much anywhere where pe- people get books. Anywhere. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I know I think of Amazon and I'm like, that's a book place, right? Yeah. That was years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I still categorize Amazon when it comes through my QuickBooks as a reference material because that's what it only used to be. <laughs> anyway. And then also website Edie Nathan. And let me spell that for you because it's a very special spelling. E-D-Y. Uh, N-A-T-H-A-N. So, Edie, does anybody ever call you Eddie? Oh, I get Eddie all the time. And, I know. Uh, I was going to say, I'm I, sure. I correct them and I say, tell me, does this voice sound like an Eddie? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we all laugh and then we move on. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I, I, I realized when I was signing my first book for everybody, you know, if I had book signings, that I don't care if somebody says their name is Beth. I'm like, how do you spell that? Because it will be, uh, it's amazing. Um, well, just how beautiful an individual we are. Let's just say that. And yes, uh, absolutely. Also, that is so true. how beautiful an individual you can spell um, uh, a name. Uh, so once again, yeah. Edie Nathan, uh, edienathan.com. Thank you so much. And mindful listeners, thanks again for being with us. And we're going to, I guess I'll see you next time.